Hello all, it's Ian here, Hampshire Fans Podcast, and we're here to preview the 2023 season. With me is Amanda. Hi. And George. Hello. Great to speak to you. I think it's probably, what, October since we all had a chat last, um, when we did our end of season review, what a season 2022 was. And we're going to look tonight at 2023. We're going to particularly focus on the championship because at the time of recording, that is just three weeks away. And we'll all be back at the bowl again for the visit of Nottinghamshire. Now that a few months have passed, how do people feel? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I love county cricket so much and de- so desperately want to win the championship. Um and it was another season, wasn't it? So close and yet so, so far. And I've just been looking at the fixtures list as well and uh, seeing that our final match of the season is against our friends, but at home rather than away. Our friends, sorry, current champions. So, yeah, it's going to be a long old season, I suspect. <laughs> Certainly is. I mean, it's what, five and a half months. It's not far off six months. So we get on the way against Nottinghamshire. George, how do you feel? Much the same as you did at the end of last season? Or have you changed your uh, outlook? Pretty much the same. I mean, I, I think in one sense, the off-season has been good because it's given me more time to reflect on last season. And I think I was probably being harsh, and I think we were all being quite harsh on ourselves when we came together for our review because... You know, we know what the aim is for us. It is the championship. We were deflated. But, you know, I've, I've been saying it to, to friends for the last few months, even to, to, to Amanda uh, as well, is, is, you know, we did win a major trophy. We did win the T20 in the most spectacular of, of ways. In any other era, it would be classed as an amazing season. But the negative is actually a positive. The negative is that for us, it's still not enough. And that shows how far we've come. So. For me, the championship is the aim. That's what we want. We need to lick our wounds. But I think it's kind of shown me the mentality of the club has changed subtly in the last three to four years. Um, and now we really know what we want. Yes, it's another question getting it, as you guys will know. But I think we know our eyes are on the prize. And I'm just excited now for, for, for a great season where I think the championship really is the aim now, not just for our fans, but I think the squad get it as well. So... Awaiting with bated breath, but uh, ready for another roller coaster that is following Hampshire County Creek Club. <laughs> yeah, well, I listened back when I was preparing for this, and I think my feeling was I'm immensely proud of last season, will be a season I remember for a long time to come, but I'm still quite concerned about this season to come that there's so much to live up to there's so much to follow it's going to be very very difficult to meet those standards all those wins that we had yeah I don't know how we can manage to match that yeah and I think that the fact that there haven't been any major signings um there have been some contract extensions particularly amongst the youngsters which I think is really encouraging I think it's almost like the club is thinking come on guys you know We've got to build on the last couple of years and actually people have really got to step up. There's no excuses. You can't rely on sort of blow-ins, you know, new newbies. You're actually going to have to step up now and earn your places, earn your contracts. 
So I think, and that's quite exciting because that's what we want, but it's quite a risky strategy, I guess. But, you know, I'm quite looking forward to, dare I say it, the batting. I'm quite looking forward to seeing people take responsibility, you know, and think actually we're going to have to dig in here. You know, we're going to have to score some runs. And I mean, who knows what effect the England team, the ripple down effect that is going to have. Um, that kind of approach is going to have on the county game. I hope we don't see sort of silliness and ridiculous <laughs> kind of <laughs> frantic. I mean, I can do without that. My nerves were shredded after <laughs> after last year and the year before. So I'm kind of thinking oh, our bowling's amazing, but I'm just thinking, come on, I really want to see some decent batting. I'm not bothered about flair particularly. <laughs> I just want <laughs> ugly, ugly mm. Yeah, I mean, there's been a risk with that they're going again with the same, and I can Mm. almost hear the chattering. If in the first game or second game we have a collapse, it'll be we did nothing, we didn't try to change anything, we didn't bring anyone in. So I respect we haven't signed anyone. Perhaps we haven't had the right player available. We don't want to just bring in anyone, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the order. Now, I was saying at the end of the season, I didn't want to see Ian Holland open. I guess in the next week or so, we might get a bit of an indication of what way they're going to go when we start playing some friendlies. Mm. And I don't want to be too unkind to Ian Holland because I appreciate I've sort of called his name out as being someone that can't bat at the top of the order I don't want to see. But unfortunately, yeah, we, we need more runs at the top. My feeling is I just think it just seems a bit too much of a risk to not try and change things and that we're perhaps asking people to perform at a level that they may not be able to do so there's perhaps a little indication in their career to date that they're going to be able to give us the runs we need I think yeah it's a fair point I think firstly just to go back to Amanda quickly I'm going to give you a flip side because I think that's what I try and do on this pod. But I'm going to say that a bit of continuity is a sign of strength. Um, mm. And that is there too much to tinker with? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's a signal of intent within the club that they don't want to change anything. Whether that will lead to us having egg on our faces by the middle of the summer is another question, as you alluded to. But, you know, we all said it, didn't we, in September? The batting is the issue. Uh, the top order, especially. Would I have liked someone to come in, an impact player to come in? Yes. Y- yes, I would have. Don't worry, I'm not saying Shaki Balassan. I have anyone of any quality. <laughs> but but um, I think at the end of the day, there has to be a reshuffle of, of, of the pack. Um, I've had, I don't know about you guys or our fellow fans, but I've had many a sleepless night trying to configure what that top order looks like for this year. Um it's annoying that for whatever reason out of the club's control, there has been no cricket in Spain that we anticipated in the last 10 days that we thought there was going to be. I think it's just been a long training holiday instead. So we, we don't really have anything to work on. But what I was really struck by what you said, Ian, is are we asking people to perform out of a level that is not natural to them? Uh, and I think we are. I think some players are going to step up. I'm looking forward to seeing Prest really have his opportunity this year. I'd quite like to see him in possibly a number three role. Because I think at some point you're going to have to push him into the deep end and just see if he swims. But for me, you've got someone of experience who can open. He's gone on one sort of Division Two titles. He's gone and seen and done it. And that's Nick Gubbings. And I honestly think Gubbings didn't look the most comfortable 
sort of banning at four last year. I think he's someone who has performed the position before, provides a bit of experience, a bit of cheese to Joe Everly's chalk, who also isn't fully comfortable in his role at the moment as, as an opener. And at the end of the day, you know, you're competing with championship winning sides, like like the Surreys of this world, who've got a Rory Burns, they've got a banker, they've got someone like that. Look, we're not going to be able to really compete with that. But in order to get close, we need someone who's actually an experienced opener, has gone and seen and done it, has performed under pressure in full championship seasons. And I can't look beyond someone like Gubbins for that. But I think it opens an interesting debate. And I want to hear what you guys sort of, what would your sort of top five be right now? Is there any, any idea of what it would be composition-wise? For me, I just know I would give Gubbins a go as open and then bring Preston maybe as that number three and somewhere in the top order. Let me know. I think I'd be Weberly with Organ, then Gubbins, okay. then Vince. Okay. And you yeah. think you'd rest after Vince? Uh, I'm not sure, because probably you've got Dawson, who hopefully will be back. He's had a bit of an injury at the minute, but he's, he reckons he'll be fit in time for the first game. You've also got Donald as well. There's Ben Brown. Yeah. So it is possible that, yes, there is a clamour for press to play, and I would not be unhappy at all if he did. But I'm just wondering whether they just still go with the experience and press mm. time will come, just not right away. Mm. And see how the first few games go, do you think? Mm. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm always I also, happy. just to quickly aid my theory, with mm. Gubbing's opening, I also think, as much as I love Weverly, I think April is a massive test for him. And I think that if he does slip up, I think Organ will be waiting in the wings and it could easily be Organ and Gubbings either way. In my theory here, it's it's not set. It all depends on those those first few games. But I really you know. want Organ to play. I, he would get in one yeah. team. And again, yeah. he was someone that a lot of people said to me, oh, why does he play? What's he offering? But 200s last night, last year is a big plus for me. I would mm. certainly want to persevere with him. I was thinking with Press, I mean, maybe that is... Instead of assigning, maybe that's what they're going to do, that they'll put Preston in because it's like a new signing. Exactly. That's the impact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, like you, Ian, I really like the look of Felix Organ. I liked him from the first time I saw him. I thought there was something about him and he looked like he had the ability to dig in. So, and I'm always hopeless at kind of like trying to predict batting orders. I never sort of see it coming, but I really do want to see Tom Prest. I want him to to see him kind of step up because I think it's quite crucial for his career that he does do something now. I know he's only young, but you've got to take the opportunity while you can, haven't you? Um, because before you know it, you're in your mid-20s and you've not really done a lot. You lose your opportunity for sort of England, Lions, all the rest of it. Um, I mean, that's the way it goes, isn't it, with professional sport? You've really got to seize the opportunity. So, yeah, I really want to see him. And, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of him being a signing, you know, a, new, a newbie almost, bring mm. him in to the championship side. But, yeah, yeah I do want to see some good. decent batting, please. Yeah, but it is the weight of expectation, though, that I, mm. I just, I want, to, I want him to be looked after, if you know what I mean, mm. and yeah. not sort of chucked into April, make a load of low scores, and then everyone say, oh, well, he's not actually that good, when he clearly yeah. is. Mm. it's finding the right time to introduce him. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Uh, I think partly my predictions is not always as much me. It's also what I think the club will do. Um, and I just do think that the fact that there hasn't been, as we've all agreed on, 
there, there hasn't been any movement this year. So I think we, if we go back to what we all said in September and listen back to it, I think we were saying the same thing then that we anticipated that Prest was probably going to be used and that, that sort of get the gift wrapping out and pop them in as this new shiny thing. Um, but yeah, you're right, Ian. I, I do worry that you know the confidence, if he goes out and has you know three bad innings on the bounce, which can happen in county cricket, can be fluid. You know, we've seen people get over a thousand runs a season with us and still have, you know, a bad April or, you know, a dodgy start. And I know what we're like as a club. We do write people off very quickly. And, and I think we would all agree, you know, far too soon. And it's more as a young lad that he still is, you know, what that does to his confidence. You know, I really see pressed um, people like John Turner, maybe even Jack Campbell, as those sort of new young lads. Like we had the trio when we brought Dawson and Vince and Woody. We brought them through as the sort of the three cornerstones of our, our academy products um, and, and built a team in an era, an entire era that is still just about going around around them and I think press can be part of that new era but that's why rushing him isn't always the option so I'm not going to lose sleep if he's not there at the start of April but I'm also not going to lose sleep if they take him away after a game and he doesn't perform well because I think with Organ and that top order there is still options in there and there's still fluidity where a lot of those could move from one to four and still look fairly comfortable Gubbings is fluid Organ is fluid Mm -hmm. there's enough movement there to make me think it's okay to have an environment where you're pushed to perform, but there's other options waiting in the wings if it's not quite your turn or chance. But that's just my hunch on it. Definitely, yeah. And the, there's, I think there's a good opportunity to start with, not so at home. Team would generally have a good record at, against in recent years, so hopefully we can get off to a winning start. And then straight away, early season, our first away games at the Oval. And I think surely the message there has got to be, don't get beaten up badly. Yeah, I don't care if it's a one innings each draw. I just do not want to see us lose, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. And and in a slightly more serious though, the squad can't afford that because normally when we go to the Oval, as you guys have alluded to, if we get beat, we get beat up badly. And the psychological effect of that, it was just right early in the season when we're pushing for the third season running for that championship, we'd just be demoralising on, on so many levels. But you know what? If you look at our form, I don't think I actually. And people will disagree with this, but I don't think Surrey would want to play us early on in the season because I actually always think I don't worry too much about us very early on. I worry about us about three games in. So maybe if it was one or two games later, I'd be more worried. But we tend, and I'm, I don't want we want to be the omen of anything now because this will be relooped hundred thousand times if I say this now. But I don't. I see us as a really good starter normally as as a side so mm. we're gonna have to play them we were thinking weren't we in september will they be one of those lucky teams where you just get them once and we don't we get them right at the start right at the end but you know bring it on because actually the flip side is you've got an amazing opportunity here you go against a tier side we've got great form and as, as ian has said against knots at home if we go and manage to we go and win at their backyard in the oval second game in you know what an opportunity that brings to the side and honestly, and I know people don't like favourites tag being banned around, but you're right in the driving seat for that championship in terms of competitiveness yeah. and being feared if you go the over and get something. Uh, so we just have to, we can't avoid it, can we? We're going to South London. There's something riding on it. There always is in the last few years. We mm. just have to see it as an opportunity uh, and, and, and just play 
you know, that sort of expressionist Hampshire brand of cricket and see where it gets us. Yeah, we just got to go there. Just do not lose. And yeah, if it was to be a win somehow and that was follows a win the week before, then yeah, it would be a big, big statement. But I don't yeah. really, it feels like you're looking too far ahead, even though that's the second game of the season. It's it's a bit strange with this. I'm still getting nervous already though. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I think it's it's just because they're our nemesis, aren't they? And there were some great like memes on social media. I think it's Melissa's story was the worst for doing them around, you know, kind of like the Darth whatever Sith Lord or whatever Surrey and all the rest of it and it's just you know it is that real bogeyman thing isn't it and actually you know they are current champions so we do need to be putting in a good show for that second game and I think you know we were lamenting in our review weren't we about when we thought we lost the championships it's ours obviously um <laughs> we, we lost it last year and I think we'd probably agreed it would it possibly already gone by the Surrey game anyway, or the, or the Surrey game wasn't the thing that necessarily made all the difference, if I remember mm. right. But, you know, I, we just, yeah, we need to be really tough, 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 tough for that game, definitely. And I think we were a bit, um, our bowling was a bit loose, I think, in the fixture last year. And, you know, so I, I do think our bowlers, I mean, our batters obviously need to do, do their jobs, but I think the bowlers also can't afford to rest on their laurels for that game either. We need to be really tight and yeah, can't afford to give Surrey anything because we know we know what they can be like. Exactly. Yeah. And I think working back, which is ironic because we jump forward to the Surrey game, but working back to that first game against Knots again is everything matches going into the oval. So by extension, everything matters about the first game. Because yeah. honestly, yeah, it's not lose by at any means at the oval, but it's You've got to win in that first game for me because you've got to go to the Oval on the back of a win and an mm. opening statement for me. Just just in terms of how the, the, that team will set up, how they'll feel going in. You know, I can imagine it now, overcast skies in South London. I'm sure one of us might be there. I'll probably be a hardy soul up there for my sins. I was the game, yeah. So <laughs> popping into bat, you know, being put into bat after a pretty shoddy first opening game. Sorry, be licking their lips. So it's all about how we look when we get there. Uh, mm. That's why the opening game really does matter because I just think, you know, Hampshire, sorry, it, something's always riding on it in the championship in the last few years. And it's our first away game and it's our last home, last home and last full game of the season anyway. So yeah, it, these big moments matter and this is what wins your championships. So mm. we've got to be serious. We've got to, we just mm. got to be pedal to the medal. Yeah, well, maybe they can bring the trophy with them to the final game of the season and hand it over to us. Be a great incentive, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, good, the good or the bad thing, I don't know how the fixtures are worked out. Instead. I think there's obviously, um, it's not just Surrey to fear. They were very good. They deserved to win last year, but winning two in a row back to back championships been a while since somebody's done that. So pressure is on Surrey to some extent. And obviously, we've had a taste the last two years, got close last year, very close mm. the year before. And we probably should go on to the bowling. So again, it's continuity. It's great to have Abbas and Abbott back again with Keith Barker. That's three bowlers that took 50 wickets each last year in the championship. First time since a trio have done that since 1995 for Hampshire. Yeah. But my feeling was, was it once more, one time too many? Yeah, I'm going to say no, because I love them and they're amazing. And 
But yeah, I, I, yeah, the workload issue is massive, isn't it? And you worry about their ability to keep doing it, particularly, um, you know, the Keith Barker at times looks like he can barely move in between balls in and over. So you just hopefully, fingers crossed, they will stay fit. And I mean, the fitness regimes and everything around the club just seems so good in the last couple of years. Let's be positive about their ability to stay fit. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, there's always going to be that question at the end and the beginning of a new season about their longevity, how much they can keep this up for. It's standard, it's expected, of course it is. But if we just go back to the stats quickly and look at the evidence presented to us, there isn't anything to suggest to us that it won't endure. And I think we have to trust in that and, and, and trust in the management. I mean, we left last season, in my opinion, with the best county pace attack in the country. So is there anything else we could do? I don't think so. I think we just got to hope it's fitness, isn't it? It's longevity. It's going through. And, and actually, the crunch moments, I don't worry about the middle of the season. I worry about how they get off the running in, in the start and how they endure in September because I think once they're in that groove, they're very consistent. It's the crunch moments at the end, but you've got a lot of lactin in your legs and all of that. You know, these are the crunch moments. But you know what? This is the risk that comes with fighting for a championship. Mm. And at the end of the day, I still confidently think that this is the best bowling unit we've had to be able to get some success in Red Bull cricket. So I've got to trust in that. Yeah, I mean, bowlers of any age can break down. And especially we've seen what feels like in the English game, so many sort of bowlers in late teens, early 20s, getting stress mm. fractures and things like that. So mm. it isn't against their age. In terms of skill and know-how and knowledge of taking wickets, there's no three better. So I don't worry in that respect, but it is just for any bowling attack mm -hmm. I think it's that everything needs to go right and you do need that luck with injuries and that's where we've got bowlers that are early 20s late 20s early 30s late 30s whatever it is you just need that luck who yeah. else would you consider going to back them up so if we say that Parker's going to back 9 Abbott would back 10 Abbas 11 who are we picking to back them up um, well, our friend James Fuller, who can, who had just the most amazing season last year, uh, but can look really ropey. <laughs> but you know, his line and length can be all over the place. But you know, so I think I'd like to, you know, I'd like to think that James Fuller is going to be continuing his good form from last year. Certainly in the, you know, in the in the county game, the, the four day game. Yeah, I mean, and we think Holland. Well, maybe. Uh, yeah, it depends. I suppose Holland potentially depends on his batting as to whether he ends up bowling. Yeah, it's a struggle because if we assume that Fuller will be eight, and that would be my choice as well, I think we've already effectively named the top seven, haven't we, mm. of who we think. So it could well be that, yeah, Holland probably isn't playing unless they're persevering with him opening. Mm. Well, as I've said elsewhere previously, I wouldn't be a particular fan of that. Sorry, Ian. And then it's... Yeah, fitting in Preston or Donald as well and things like that. So there's and, a bit of a balancing act to have. Yeah, yeah. and where's spin, is spin going to feature? Mm. You know, yeah. Dawson. Awesome. Yeah. But the yeah. other thing is Mason also... Crane. Yeah, Mason Crane, Brad Wheel, where does it leave them? Did you yeah. see them getting many opportunities? Uh, I see. I think Mason might. I mean, Mason, he, 
he did make the Lions squad with Tom Prest, which I think was a significant moment for him. He's looking certainly a lot more like sort of 2018 Mason Crane for the first time, you know, in the last five years. I think that's pretty significant. I also think, you know, if Orkin inevitably is in and around, even as a backup option as opener, they will use his spin and call on it in certain moments. And I think we've seen it mostly in, in the one-day cap, but I've seen enough to think it's pretty competent enough to, to, be, to be called upon. There are options there. But look, that will be game by game. So, you know, I, I'm sure we're more likely to see those conversations when we head down to Taunton compared to when we head up to the Oval. But they'll certainly be there. But yeah, I just think Crane, is he's actually played a significant amount of Red Bull in the off season, and I just for some reason think that's significant, and think that's not normal for him. But that they're looking at him as an option mm-hmm. again. And, and Fuller's played plenty of franchise cricket, so he's got a lot of cricket in in the legs. Look, I think there's just a lot of options, and it's very healthy. But that there's enough even part time spin to go ahead. The only thing I'd say with Dawson, he is injured at the moment. Mm-hmm. He's pretty confident that he'll be back in April. Um, and I love him with all my heart, but you said about any player who's, who's, you know, a little bit quite sure how injury transitions play out. So I think they'll be monitoring that one. But he's normally got a pretty quick transition when it comes to, to injuries. Will he be fresh as a daisy at the start of the season? I, I, I don't know, but what a cracking option to, to have to try and slip in. Actually, what is quite pleasing, as much as it's frustrating, is the amount of selection headaches there's going to be in every format. But actually, that's a good problem to have because I think it shows the level we're at. But yeah, there's certainly enough spin talent waiting in the wings. I just think Craig will be given a go because I liked what I saw with the Lions in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd be dis- I was just going to say, uh, I'd be disappointed if Brad Wheel didn't see some Red Bull cricket, but then I just wonder whether he's going to be more white ball. But... Yeah, I think it's about the balance in the side, isn't it? And I think a lot depends on who opens, actually, as to how we then balance the the bowling out. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like my sort of concern about the bowling is um, not justified. Obviously, if all three of them were injured at one time, it would be a huge blow. But if one of them has to miss out a game or something happens, then there's Brad Will to come in. Last year, he didn't get the run of games Sometimes when he played, he wasn't so good. And he went out and loaned a couple of times. Yeah. Other games, he was pretty effective. I suppose the only problem sometimes is when you start loaning someone out, is that a sign of things to come? That it seemed that there isn't quite a place for him? And will we see more of that? And then, yeah, we've talked briefly, John Turner, Jack Campbell, very inexperienced first class wise, but maybe playing in a good attack will help them. Mm. I don't agree with that. So the championship season begins, was it six games effectively in the opening six, seven right. weeks? I think we've got Nottinghamshire at home, Surrey away, Northampton away, Warwickshire at home, Kent away, and Northamptonshire at home again. And then we get into the T20 blast. So as we are the champions, let's talk a bit about the blast. <laughs> and the news with the... T20 is effectively that it's more of the same as continuity in that Nathan Ellis and Ben McDermott have been re-signed as the overseas players for this tournament. And the other addition to the squad, which is a bit of a return or a homecoming, 
is that Benny Howe has been picked up on a white ball deal from Gloucestershire. So how do we think the T20 is going to go? A bit less nervy than last year, please. (laughs) That would be my request. I don't have any reason to think that we're not going to be a really strong contender again this season. We've got the players, got the attitudes, we've got the records, uh, we are the current champions. We won it twice last year, actually, didn't we? Uh, I know we've mentioned that a million times (laughs) in, in previous pods. But we won it twice last year, so why not? You know, we've got it in us to win again, definitely. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Benny Howe fits into the squad. And also, Rob Whiteley needs to do something as well, doesn't he? He needs to prove himself, I feel, a little mm-hmm. bit more this season. But yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster. I would imagine, knowing that it's Hampshire and it's, you know, the way we do things. Yeah, how gives, I think, a selection headache where I think we got to a stage last year with the T20 squad where it was picking itself that I think we settled on at 11 and we played that for the last five, six games. So working out who would make way for how is difficult because like I think Whiteley was disappointing, I'm afraid to say. But mm. again, because he was on that white ball deal or the T20 deal only effectively, they kind of feel obliged to play him, or that's how it felt to me. Mm. Yeah. I think the issue is, though, you're going to have the same thing with Benny Howe because he won't be playing in the Royal London in the One Day Cup because he'll be in, I hate to mention it for some of our purest listeners, but he will be playing in the 100. So would that issue arise with Benny Howe as well? Uh, I don't know. I think that it's definitely provided selection headaches. I've got a theory here, and I might be completely wrong on this, but I do believe this, that it's not a bad thing to have. Um, but I honestly don't think we would have retained both Ellis and McDermott if we hadn't won the blast. I think Ellis maybe, but I'm not sure McDermott would have come back. I'm not sure they both would have come back if we hadn't gone and triumphed on, on finals day and I think that I, I, I'm now glad having won it that we are keeping continuity and we're keeping the same squad but it, it, it does make it you know rather trying that we, we're going to have you know 11 spaces are filled about 14, 15, 15 plus sides so that that's a consideration Ross Whiteley for me has got a real point to prove because he was actually dropped over the winter and wasn't retained by Southern Brave, which I think is a significant move. Um, I do suspect to be picked up in, in in the draft somewhere in the hundred, but you know, bowling is pretty set. I do think the way we're talking about the championship, you know, Bradwell and um, and that's where you'll fly. I also I don't know. Just to finish my bid on this is if Benny Howell is being totted up. The only way I, I, the way I first saw maybe coming to this squad is maybe as a Chris Wood replacement, even though I know Woody has just signed a two-year new deal and this is his only competition. But maybe I can see Benny House sort of slotting into that role, but I don't see us dropping Woody now that we've given that commitment to him. But then again, as we've said all through tonight, these are tough issues, but they're good issues and problems to have. I get a feeling there might be a chopping and changing which would be welcome because actually, if we're going to be honest about it, our last two blast seasons, our starts have been utterly atrocious. We've stuck with sides that have been rigid and not done anything about it until about five, six games in. And then we've changed our fortunes around. Having decided a squad 
it'll be very difficult to keep a rigid approach under this. I think if there's issues that arise early on, it'd be easier to pop sticking plasters on them because you've got a bigger squad and more people to choose from who are of equal quality. But to finish my round, I just hope for the sake of both of you and your physical and mental health that it's not as much of a roller coaster as last year because you'll be having to deal with me and all my emotions at the cricket, which you know can be lovely, but also unbearable at times. So let's hope for your sake, given what is provided on the pitch. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be too confident about that. Just a health warning, hoping that both of you don't get affected by a roller coaster season, because that will mean that I'll be on my emotional best up and down. It's probably not good for you too. <laughs> Me going up yeah, and down. Be fine. Like, it was it was an absolute pleasure, but yeah, let's not do that again. Um, yeah, I think you know the having a larger squad is good. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I missed the bit about Ross Whiteley getting dropped by Southern Brave, and I think he only came to Hampshire because of Southern Brave. If I was right, that was his kind of previous connection. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that that was interesting because apparently there's no link between the two, but clearly there must mm. be. Um, we don't believe that, do we? Yeah. The other thing was that I watched, he was playing for Brisbane Heat in the Big Bash and I mm. paid a bit of attention to how he was getting on and it was not particularly good as well. Yeah, he was bowling a bit as well occasionally for them. So, yeah, he does have to have a lot to prove there. The other thing is that if you're playing him and you've got to make way for somebody else, for Benny Howe, the other player that was featuring in the blast last year, quite effective and was actually a bit unlucky to miss out at the end. And we've not mentioned him so far as Toby Albert. Yes. That's somebody that should be getting games, I feel, in T20, certainly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll come on to the Royal London or whatever it's called now in a bit. But yeah, I think some of our youngsters did did really, really well, didn't they, in the white ball game and, and did really step up. So it would be a shame if they missed out just to give somebody else, an, you know, a newbie, or a relatively newbie, um, an, another chance. Yeah, mm. I think you're in. We, we don't want the likes of Toby Albert to miss out at all, do we? No. And there's also like, Donald started the campaign last year, didn't do particularly well in T20, but it's certainly a format he could and should be good at. So if there was an opportunity for him to play and make an impression, I'd like to see that as well. But the question is how they can't all play. So it's tough decisions and it's selection headaches again as well. I think largely, if it was me and everyone was fit, then I would just be playing 10 of the 11 that played against Lancashire in the final with how swapping for Whiteley. It seems like a straightforward swap. You're possibly making the batting slightly weaker on paper, but you're making the bowling stronger. I spoke to someone that's a cricket analyst that helps various teams with their selection strategies and I asked him what he thought of Benny Hale signing and his words to me was the best bowling attack have just got better by Uh signing Hale. So that's really, really positive. So it might be a case we don't actually need that many runs because the bowling is going to do it. But we'd perhaps like to dominate a bit more with the bat. But the point is... You know what Hampshire's like in T20... (laughs) A 130 defence for us looks like 200 almost. We look yeah. at our lips of that. So, yeah, I, I also think you compare, interesting what you said about um, Whiteley in the Big Bash. I actually think he had a far better bowling tournament than he did a batting tournament. And by the end, he was almost just being treated as a 
was a bit of a tail ender because he was just delivering fairly well and fairly confidently with, with the ball. But, you know, he's in our side for the bat. So that's why I would have no qualms dropping him, popping Howland. But you compare the two batting averages in the last year and a half of last and franchise cricket, they're pretty similar mm. because Whiteley's dovetailed. I don't think you're losing much on the batting. But as you and your analysts friends say, you're gaining so much more in a bowling attack that really I honestly thought by the end of the season couldn't improve anymore. Mm. So that's a big signing. If a side turned up to the bowl with a Benny Howe in, in their side, you'd fear it. So it, it's a good signing for us and he does need to be used because he'll be snapped up in the 100 and it's the only competition he plays. It's big money. So <coughs> we've got to use him and I think he will be an asset. So yeah, the T20 is on through the second half of May, pretty much all of June. We have a championship fixture in the last week of June, just because these cricket seasons are never straightforward. And then the blast resumes again in July, uh, and it'd be the middle of July, I believe, when uh, the T20 champions are crowned. So hopefully that's us again. Yeah, and we've got another sneaky championship match in July as well. Mm. Sidrabad. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, 10th of July, we go down to Taunton. Then it's away to Trent Bridge. Essex at home. So, there's effectively what we'd be at 10 championship games by the end of July. So, we probably have a good idea of where we might end up. And then August, it is the One Day Cup. So, there'll be eight games. Last year's One Day Cup was great fun got to the semi-final and the young squad that we had out surprised and entertained us every single game mm-hmm. and hopefully there'll be more of the same although maybe there won't be quite the same players available depending on the draft for the 100. And I think I said in our um, pods last year that I I really got my head around the one day the one day cup last year I really it clicked in my head what it was supposed to be all about Although we got kented, didn't we? <laughs> um, by uh, yeah, yeah, which was, wasn't that, but that wasn't in the spirit of the game, was it? Because it's supposed to be a young a young man's uh, competition. He turned up, age of like I don't know, sixty five or whatever he is. But yeah, I, it really clicked with me what the competition was all about, and I think you know our, our young bowlers in particular. I thought we were just really really good and. Um, yeah, really good attitude, and it was yeah, really really good fun. So more of the same. I think was it is it Jack Campbell didn't have a number, didn't have a squad number all the yeah. way through, which appeared to be lucky for him. And it was like you know, please don't give him a number. I think he's actually got a number now. So let's just hope that yeah. it's not going to the was end it, of him. Was it eleven or nine? I can't remember. I think it's eleven. Yeah, eleven. Like, yeah, eleven. Yeah, it came with a new contract, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a bit disappointing. I quite liked him having no no number. Um, it just added an, uh, something extra to it. But um, yeah, no. So more of the same from them. Um, I think uh, for that competition. But like I said, it'll be interesting to see how everybody else plays the competition. Who's available? Who's not? I don't know what the second team are doing at this at that sort of time. So I don't know whether there's a second team competition as well. Second eleven. Um, yeah, there'll be bits and pieces around it. But I, I think with yeah. this, I mean, obviously, we talked about the selection headaches for the championship and for the T20. So even with maybe one or two people going to the 100 that didn't go last year, like Tom Press, for example, I think it was an interview he did that he had the opportunity to put himself down for it, but decided not to last year because he wanted to play more first team cricket. If that same choice 
choices there this season. What way would he go? Toby Albert is somebody that people in the 100 might be interested in. So hopefully it's largely the same squad. And it's also good that I'm looking at it. There's quite a few different grounds to go and visit. I've booked a few days in York for when we're playing Yorkshire. We're playing at Guildford. It's not my favourite, but it's quite close. And we're also going back over to the Isle of Wight for the home game with Kent. So Yeah, going abroad. Yeah, overseas. It'd be <laughs> enjoyable for all of those that make the journey, and I recommend it. So the one-day cup, yeah, it's all about how who we put on the park and also who other teams put on the park. But every confidence that we'll perform well in that. And then we get into September, and it's three championships games to finish. This time, Somerset at home. Essex away, which again, that's another place that we don't particularly like visiting, rather like the Oval, that surely for there it's got to be do not lose or do not get beaten up badly. But that could be a really crucial game. That might be out of our control though, mightn't it? Who knows what we're going to find when we get there? (laughs) Yeah, or even it'll be, you know, it it can all be wrapped up by then. Mm. And then Surrey at home to finish. Uh, 26th of September, that would be the first day. So we, what, Friday the 29th September could be the last day of the season at home against Surrey. So let's try and make ourselves look geniuses or look a bit silly. And let's try and make some predictions for the season. So, George, championship position. Going down to the final game of the season against Surrey. I honestly think, yeah, I think we'll do it. I, I think third time lucky. I like that we stuck with the same crew and yeah, I've just got I'm gonna this gonna egg my face in about two months time, but I've just actually filmed the most positive weirdly that I have done since this, the third year of us doing this of the last two years. So yeah, I, I think win, but it will go down to the final game of the season. Okay, George. Thank you. Amanda. Well, I'd like to think it goes down to the last Day. We have such a tradition now, don't we, in Hampshire, of providing the most spectacular finishes to the season for everybody and everybody's watching. Um, oh, I d- yeah. I mean, I really want us to win. Really, really, really want us to win. Um, I'd love to have it wrapped up before that final game. But my gut and my heart and my head tell me that we're going to make it difficult for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, yes, we would. Um, yeah, no, I, I will go on then. Yeah, I think we should top two. Okay, yeah, unfortunately, I'm just not feeling as as, as positive. <laughs> My heart is, yes, we'll win, but I'm sort of more thinking like a creditable third of along those lines. <laughs> I don't know I mean, if people put that up on the dressing room. Ian Pearce says Hampshire will be a creditable third and that will spur them on to go and kick everyone's ass. But yeah, I, so. I've just got my fears that we've not made the changes that perhaps needed to be made and that last year was just so phenomenal that it's just going to be very, very tough to follow that up. So. I do feel a little bit more pessimistic in that sense. But equally, you know, I'm really excited about the new season. Just going to meet up with everyone, watch cricket again, be at the ground, listen to the commentaries, watch the YouTube streams, everything about it. Absolutely thrilled that it's coming back. Uh, And I hope to be surprised. Mm, That's fair. Okay, T20, how do we feel? We've got to be going in as favourites. Have to be going in as favourite. Gosh, it's going to be a running theme to this now, isn't it? (laughs) With me being overly optimistic. Final stay. Final stay. I said it last year. 
finals day has to be a must for a club of our size and stature now. So finals day or bust for me. And as I always say, and I like to think I'm quite consistent with this, I say that finals day is up to the cricketing gods. As we all know more than any other fan base in the world, you know, whatever happens on finals day, you can't be too upset unless you really don't turn up, then you can be. But luck of the draw, whatever happens that day, but get to that day. So finals day or bust for me, it has to be. Yeah, agree. Definitely, we'll get to finals day. Absolutely. And like you say, George, anything could happen. You could even find yourself doing it twice. Oh, yes. And the only caveat is, can we just make it slightly easier to get to the quarterfinals this year? And let's actually win the game at the start of the tournament and not go and, and get to a position where we have to, you know, miraculously get past some net run rates and chase 180 in 12 overs or, you know, win the last six games. Let's just not lose the first five, yeah? Yeah. I, interesting. I, I'm going to share the confidence over T20 that I think we will be at finals day. I don't see why we wouldn't be in the top four in the South group. And then when we've got to play a quarterfinal against somebody from the North, whether that's home or away, I think we'll come out the best. Obviously, it's a one-off game, but I'd be disappointed and surprised if we didn't make finals day. And then, as you say, George, it's what happens on the day. But uh, I think that's a full house for making finals day. Um, Probably the hardest competition to predict. One day cup. Yeah, you never quite know what you're going to get. It is the box of chocolates of cricket tournaments. But for me, I think I'm more interested in in player development on this one. So I probably see us going to the semi-finals again. Uh, I'm not sure because we're a populist club with a lot of players at the hundred. If we'll get to the final or not, I will, I will stick with the same as we did last year. The only thing I will say on this tournament, and I hope it is echoed throughout is I get the points tonight about the high level we had with our winning streaks in all competitions last year. But honestly, I've worked it out. You could win half of the games we won last year, but you could still win all three trophies and double your success. So I just hope the players understand because they're younger, they're more inexperienced, that you don't need to go on that mad running run. You could win half of that and still double your success and get to the final or get some silverware. So just when we probably inevitably get to the point where we're not quite on the same winning level as last year, I just want to ensure our heads don't drop because it could actually mean a more successful season in terms of silverware. No one remembers the side, as we all know, being Hampshire fans, the side, no one remembers the side that won it all the games and fell at the final hurdle because that's our, very much our history half the time. So yeah, don't let your heads drop. Young squad, exciting squad, the Hampshire way of that amazing academy producing the next gen is back. But I think maybe the semi-finals again, doing a solid group stage and just about getting out will be a real success. But don't let your heads drop if you don't win as many games as last year because it doesn't mean you can't get your hands on some silverware. Yeah, agree. I think semi-finals would be really good to aim for. And like you say, it's a bit difficult to know how to predict the competition because we don't know what everybody else is going to do and we don't know what availability we'll have what impact the 100 will have. Yeah, I think definitely semi-finals is a good aim to have. Yeah, I mean, with that, it's effectively you get an automatic semi-final position if you top the group. The second and the third player, an effective quarter-final. My feeling is I don't really... I'm not sure I can say a stage. I think we'll win more games than we lose in this format, but where that sees us in the table I'm not sure I'd like to think that would be good enough for the top three and mean a quarter final mm. berth 
as a minimum. So maybe I'll be quarterfinal and see how we go from there. Yeah. So overall, I think that's we've talked quite nicely about all the different formats. Any particular uh, games you're looking forward to or earmarked to get along to? That, that weekend in, in April, sorry at the Oval, we spoke about it. I think we were all salivating at the prospect whilst also quivering with, with dread. Just got a feeling that is going to be absolutely season-defining, so I've got to get myself down for a day on the weekend um, to see that. Um, I think all county cricket fans will have a slight little corner of the eye on the Oval for that weekend and watching proceedings. And um, whoever comes out of that is the uh, is the favourite for the championship for me. And if it's a draw, well, it's wide open. Yeah, and I'm, I might try. Um, but I'm going to aim to get to day one of um, the championship just because I want to sit shivering with a flask of soup <laughs> and just... Yeah, there's just something about that, uh, you know, the first game, early stages of the season. It's just really exciting about, you know, it's not really summer, but it's the first day of our summer in terms of cricket. And it's mm. just don't know what's going to happen next. Well, you kind of do, but you're hoping <laughs> that isn't what happens. So I'm really looking forward to, yeah, I'm going to try and get to day one. Might try and uh, sneak off to the Oval as well. And and I think the the last match i mean clearly if it's still all up in the air if it's anybody's to win or ours to win uh on the final championship match at home uh, then i will definitely be there yeah and i'll try and get to as much as i can in between yeah definitely yeah i plan to be there on the first day of the season i'm gonna make a day of the surrey game as well i'm uh, not sure which but certainly one of the first two is most likely northampton away i'm gonna go to a day of if I can, because we've not played there for quite a long time. No. I don't okay. think I've been there myself for about 10 years, and it's not that far, so I think I'll go to a day of that. I've already mentioned I've got my little mini break in York for the one-day cup, and I think, yeah, I'll just sort of see how it goes around the rest of the fixtures and try to make but as on many a quick days note play there, as I can. You will absolutely love York because I went to the first, oh, I think it's the first first-class match there since 1898, in 2019, Yorkshire, Warwickshire. It's a beautiful ground. They make it like a mini cricket festival. They had Jack Russell doing paintings there, and it's a very good batting wicket. So it's a good test for us and our, and our, and our youngsters. But um, yeah, that I love that type of competition. You get to see those outgrounds you don't really see before in that sort of festival cricket atmosphere. So um, hopefully, we'll all be happy Hampshire following around the country, seeing another consistent season. <laughs> a boy can dream. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks very much. Yeah, I look look forward to seeing you both at games as well and also any listeners, followers. I hope to speak to plenty of you through the season. I guess we'll probably try and do our regular Twitter spaces through the summer. Yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, especially when there's a T20 on Sky that's perhaps away from home, they're the good nights to do a, a watch along. And I've enjoyed doing those last year, so I want to do more of the same this year. Um, but on that note, I think it's uh, a good time to wrap up. I thank you all for listening. Thanks to George and Amanda for joining me. And we'll speak to you all soon. Come on the ham. <laughs> up the Shire. <laughs> <laughs>